If you've listened to any number of the Build Your Tribe episodes, you probably know that one of the ways I believe I got some great business experience was early in my college years doing a little bit of network marketing. I sold knives door to door, and I think it was a really cool way to understand that, you know, in order to run a big business, in order to be a successful business, you need systems. You need processes that you can duplicate and replicate. And that's why I think it's a wonderful way for many people who maybe weren't raised in an entrepreneurial family to figure out how businesses work. It's a great additional stream of income. I'm not saying everybody has to go into network marketing. And I'm certainly not saying that once you get into network marketing, that that's the end all be all, that you just stay there and ride it out. You've heard plenty of people on Build Your Tribe talking about what they've done after network marketing or what they've done to create their own brands so that they can stand out in their network marketing business. We've had guests on the show who have gone on to basically coach other people on how to be successful in their network marketing business, but not specific to a particular business. Well, today, my guest is Kayla Kraft. Now, Kayla has her own podcast. It's called The Mommy Millionaire, and you'll hear more about that in just a moment. But here's why I wanted to have Kayla on the show. Kayla is still earning money from her network marketing organization, but she was very passionate about building her own thing, and she wanted to help women with their mindset, irregardless of whether they were in her downline or in network marketing. Like That's what she believed God shaped her to do. And so she had to figure out, like, how do I spend more time doing that, give less time to my network marketing business when it's making me so much money? Like, isn't that the thing I should be focusing on exclusively? Yet it wasn't as fulfilling as it once had been. And so she went on to create her very own brand. But what you're going to learn is how she did that, how she dealt with the mindset, how she dealt with some of the fallout, her own personal guilt, gossip, jealousy, and balancing her time between these two pursuits. You'll learn step by step what she did first, second, third, some of the mistakes she made along the way, what she would do differently today, and how you can do this too. All right, this is a really cool episode. Whether you're in network marketing or not, it doesn't matter, because what you're going to learn from Kayla is how you can take this passion idea, this thing that you want to help other people with, whether it's mindset or learning how to do something, and turn it into a really cool coaching business. Without further ado, Kayla Craft. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for joining me today. I have had a great time getting to know you. I love what you stand for. And I think there's a lot of people in the audience who will benefit from hearing about your journey. Yay, I'm excited to be on here. And I hope people just feel inspired and empowered after listening. Well, I think they will. If nothing else, it gives people like the realization that there's, always alternatives. There's so many cool ways your business can take turns and you can always reinvent yourself. You can always do that thing that sets you on fire. So to back it up a little bit, tell me, you obviously have had some great success in network marketing. Was Mm -hmm. that your first taste of business or had you started a business of your own before that? Well, I always tell people like I started entrepreneurship at 10 years old because I talked somebody into letting me watch their newborn child. 
<laughs> at 10 years old. So I was like babysitting when I was 13. I used to make sugar scrubs and salt soaks and all of these things to get money to buy the things and do the things that I wanted to do as a teenager. And so I became a nurse because I was just like socially conditioned to think I needed a job in order to have like that income safety. Mm-hmm. And I got into it. And at 23, I was like, this is not for me. Like, having a job clocking in. I always forgot to clock in. Like I was just like not meant to be an employee. And so I was not new to network marketing when I started at 23. I dabbled in it when I was 18. And so I found a product that I really liked. And then that's really what helped me like soar quickly was I loved the product and I was not scared of going on Facebook and Mm. like talking about all of the things I was doing. So you were 23 when you started network marketing? Yeah. Okay. I personally, I know sometimes network marketing gets a bad reputation and I don't understand why, because I think for a lot of people, I grew up with parents who were entrepreneurs. So I was Mm -hmm. raised in entrepreneurship, but man, if you don't have that and you don't have an MBA, Mm -hmm. one of the best ways to learn structures, systems, marketing, copy, swipe copy, all of the things that you need to learn to be successful in business. One of the best ways to do that and get paid on the job is to do some network marketing. I'm not saying you have to do it like for the rest of your life, but it's such a great way to learn on the job of how to start a business or how to run a business. Absolutely. And like we always used to say, you learn while you earn, you know, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to have it all figured out, but you get to be making money along the way. And I think Network marketing develops the skill of sales, which Mm -hmm. is the most, I feel like it's one of the most powerful skills you can have because once you have mastered sales, you can go and really do anything. Uh And so I think that's like what people need to realize about network marketing is you get to have all of this freedom to build your own business, air quotes. You know, you don't have to worry about the back end stuff. You don't have yeah. to worry about the email marketing and, you know, all of the digital stuff that we worry about now or not worry about, but that we focus on fulfillment and customer service and complaints and better business bureau and technology. Great point. I'm going to play a little <laughs> bit of devil's advocate today, right? Like, so I want to be that person who's listening to you with some yeah. skepticism. And I love it. So, a lot of times when people were in network marketing and then they leave to go do something else, they always say, well, you know, I just knew I wanted something more. But a lot of times you'll hear those who are still in network marketing say, oh, that person left because they weren't doing well or mm-hmm. they couldn't hang or, you know, they really weren't trying. Were you actually successful in network marketing? Were you able <laughs> to enjoy some of the fruits of your labors? Yes. Yeah. I was literally at the peak of what most people would say is network marketing success. Okay. I was in the top company. I still am actually top 50 in the company because I created amazing leaders underneath me and people thought I was absolutely nuts. Why can't you just be happy with what you already have here? Like, this is so easy. And like a lot of people didn't understand why I was leaving. Of course, there are rumors and all this stuff, but I mean, recognition doesn't lie. Like, so you could go and Google it and see if you want to, (laughs) but you know, I have never been one to, you know, do somebody else's life. Mm. I have to do me. Yeah. And people all day long can talk just like they do when you start network marketing. And when you leave network marketing, people mm. are going to talk. Those people are never going to pay my bills and they're never going to be able to be there for my kids. Like I can be there for my yeah. kids. And so yeah. I got to do me. Yeah. To clarify then <laughs> you actually still are in network marketing, but in terms of where your focus, your energy, yep. 
I don't actively build a team whatsoever. So okay. I haven't enrolled people in a couple, like probably a year and a half. Okay. And yeah, but I still collect a paycheck because I worked hard for, you know, eight years hey. building that up. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So how, how could anyone fault that? I guess my next question, one of the most common questions I got when I shared with my audience a little bit about your journey and said, what questions would you have? Yeah. A lot of people asked, how did you know that you had what it took to step outside of network marketing and do your own thing? That's the first question. I've got mm -hmm. so many I can't wait to get to. Oh, I love this question because if you have this desire to do something else, you know, not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. And I think you mm. need to honor the desires and those dreams that you have. And at the end of the day, nobody built my network marketing business for me. I did that. And that same personality, that same grit, that same grace was coming over to build another company. And I learned in network marketing, how to bet on myself when I quit my nursing job. And I knew yeah. if I can come over here, I can do it all again. I can do it all again because I'm taking me with me wherever I go. So what were your first thoughts? You're like, okay, I want to do my own thing. Did you know exactly what it would look like? Did you know how you were going to make money from it? No, I had no idea. And so I started out by doing like a little YouTube show, which you guys can go and watch it. It was, you know, like three views maybe on it. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we're just going to keep going. People will eventually show up. I created a whole membership site. Okay. So wait, let's back it up. YouTube. What were you talking yeah. about on YouTube? I was interviewing people just about how like their success story. So I was okay. interviewing people I wanted to get to know. It was like, I don't know, for some reason, didn't start the podcast yet. I thought okay. I want to do YouTube because I was good on video, I thought. And so I did that and I thought, okay, a lot of people are asking me about, you know, the mindset of success. Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a whole membership program. And I paid this guy like $10,000 to build out a website on KaylaCraft.com. And it was, had all these videos and I made all this stuff. And then I was like, Hey, you guys, here it is. And zero people bought. Okay. And this was in 2017. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, what? I've been putting out free value forever. I've been doing Facebook Live. Where are the people? And so that's my first thing I learned was, okay, monetize before you create. Make sure whatever it is that like you think people want that they actually would be willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so what I learned that people really wanted from me was help with getting into the mindset of being able to show up on social media. And yeah. so I started to charge people. Like I just made up numbers at first. I was like, I'll do that for you for $500. I'll teach you that for like, I was like, I don't know what to charge people. You know, I was making a lot of money. I wasn't doing it for the money. So I was like, what? I don't know what people will pay for this. And I just started to do things and figure out what I liked, what I absolutely hated. And then I was like ready to start podcast. So initially what, you know, just to really get into the nuts and bolts of this, when you say I started out just coming up with a random charge when somebody said they needed something yep. so beginning to get your feet wet, to get that credibility and to figure out what, where your secret sauce was and, and a little bit more about your customer in the beginning. Was it really one-on-one? -on -one? Was it in small groups? And was it virtual? It was all one-on-one -on -one, and most of it was actually local. And where I lived at the time was in Bakersfield, California. Sure. And I had networked enough because I did a lot of like Toastmasters and networking events, like all the stuff that I thought you needed to do to have a business, but I uh -huh. was a people person and I met a lot of business owners. And the one thing that they didn't know how to do was social media mm. and just like, you know, getting into the mindset of going like this on video, like that yeah. was a whole thing. 
And so I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. I don't like teaching social media, but I like talking about what's going on up here. It was all usually in person over coffee and that kind of stuff, or they'd come to my house, you know? And you're doing this at the same time during which you're actively building a downline and still thinking, I'm doing network marketing. I'm probably going to do this for many, many years. I'm having fun doing this on the side. Absolutely. I love this. And I, I really think that's an important thing for people to take away is when we decide we want to try something new, it doesn't always mean you have to dive in naked. It means you can sit on the edge and dip your toe in and go, how does this feel? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you were doing. Absolutely. It's funny that you bring that up because I was just on somebody's podcast earlier and I talk about, because I live at the beach and I always like talk about when you're first deciding if you want to get into the cold water at the ocean, you get your feet in the wet sand and you decide, is it really cold? Like, do I want to do this? And you get yourself used to it. And then you let the, you know, the water splash on you a little bit. And that's exactly what it's like to start a business until you're all the way in and you're like, oh, I like being cold. I like this freshness. You know, I think that it's okay to give yourself permission to try things on for size. And if they're not for you, move on to the thing that is really for you. A natural first fit are those people who you have come to build trust and rapport with who are either Mm -hmm. part of your downline or part of your existing customer base through the company that you were already doing business with, the network marketing organization. And I would assume that that's just a a natural tendency. Those are the people who are already trying to learn everything from you. And certain organizations don't allow you to charge your downline for certain things. There are regulations and rules. And of course, you want to be careful that you're not taking customers from somebody else's mailing list, et cetera. So how did you navigate that? (laughs) Okay. So yeah, this was interesting because I didn't know those rules Mm -hmm. and there weren't actually any rules in my company until I did it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And PSA, I want to say at the time that we're recording this, everything in network marketing is changing. And that has a lot to do with legislation that many states are trying to pass where it is much, much more difficult for companies to be able to classify you as a consultant, like a gig mm-hmm. worker, which is a lot of network marketers, which is, you know, Lyft drivers and Uber drivers. And, you know, it's the gig economy of which a lot of network marketers fall into that category. And in order to be a quote consultant, an independent contractor, companies can't put very many regulations and rules and stipulations around how you can earn money and how you can do business. Mm-hmm. So many of the pre-existing Conditions, recommendations, guidelines that companies love to tell you that this is what they ask of their independent consultants. Many of them aren't enforceable, but it's still kind of the folklore that you're not allowed to do certain things. I'm saying this because I want you to be fully informed, as I'm sure you do, Kayla. Check. Just check. And always when you check, don't ask over the phone. Ask in writing. (laughs) I love that. Ask in writing, please. Yeah. So... Here's the thing is I was taking Marketing Impact Academy and you talked about creating a freemium Mm -hmm. and, you know, I got to grow my email list. So I was like, gosh, I have all these people. I know I can't just take all my previous customers and add them over to this new list. Right. So what I did was my freemium was a challenge and it was an 11 day detox and I made a whole landing page that said, okay, by opting into this free challenge, you're giving Kayla Craft the rights to email you, you know, how they check the box. Mm -hmm. And so people did that. And I got thousands and thousands of emails by doing this challenge. 
And then I did that challenge. People had great results. And then a month later I say, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. And half of the people were like, what? And unsubscribed from the list. They're like, what is it? Because it was something very different from a detox. Well, it wasn't even really anything that different. It was more like, I want to talk to you about my YouTube show. I want to, okay. I want to, it was different. It's going to be different. It's not someone who's interested in weight loss. It's someone who's more interested in business. Yes. Yes. And also like, I mean, I thought, oh, they would love it because this is value. You know, I'm not asking mm-hmm. them to buy anything. I just want them to go check out my free stuff, you know? Yeah. But people had a problem with it. Oh my gosh. People had a problem with it, especially leaders in the company were like, whoa, what is this? And I'm like, hey, this is all legal. And like people opted into this list. Like uh-huh. everybody's adults and everybody has their own email, like chill out. And that's really where I started to go. Oh, whoa. Like I thought these people loved me and I thought they were like family to me. And I'm, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like the way that they're making me yeah. feel because like, I'm just trying to like grow and I, help more people. I think that's when a lot of, I like to say, personal business-minded people, people who are truly entrepreneurs who are in network marketing, that's usually when they get their first taste of like, wait a second, is this mm-hmm. my business? Am I really free to operate my own business or are there these restrictions? So it sounds like for you, that was kind of this moment where you're like, how much control do I really have? Yeah. Is this my business? And do they have the ability to tell me I can't grow my own email list with people who are interested in something other than the company's products? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I was like starting to question. Did that deter you? It did not deter me. It actually (laughs) made me go, okay, like buckle up. This has just become very real to me. Cause like, you can't put me in a box. Like you can't tell me I can't do something. And so I got my lawyers involved and I was just like, everything is on the up and up. I have no regulations against me. Actually, this is just scarcity mindset coming at me right now. And I'm not even going to entertain this period. Mm -hmm. And That was when I was like, we are going full force in Mommy Millionaire. We are helping women all over the world. Kayla will never be put in a box. I know I talk like third person, but that's (laughs) my alter ego coming out. You know, but like I will not be put in a box and be told I can only help people in this group over here because that's safe. It lit you up. Yeah. So I was like, let's go. Did it create for you some resentment towards, you know, the company that had provided for you a great income and you had had success with? I imagine that's almost bittersweet because you want to love them. You want to love on the people who are still there and you're still a part of it. But at the same token, you know, they really didn't want to see you grow outside of, and you can understand that. Like, I get it. I get it. It is in their best interest to make sure that all of your time and focus and energy is, you've got a lot of talent. Let's make sure it's all directed towards the company. So, you know, I get it from headquarters standpoint. And this is true. And I know y'all are going to be trying to figure out like, what company is this? It's all companies. Yeah. They all do this. It doesn't matter what network marketing organization. Very few. I mean, there's a few I've heard that are like pretty supportive of, because they understand like, wow, if you build your brand, all ships rise. Right. Um, I think that's the newer companies. They get that. I think you're right. Yeah. So that doesn't deter you, but yet you don't leave the company. Was there a moment where you're like, okay, I just need to make a clean break because I feel disjointed or conflicted? I haven't had that because still to this day, I do love the products. And I mean, my kids still take them every day. And so I would feel out of integrity if I was like, okay, no, I don't like these products. This business is crap or, you know, whatever. I still love the founders of the company. I still love the products. 
And that's what makes me stand in integrity still with it today is that it wasn't ever the founders of the company. It was other leaders, Mm. you know, like that had issues with it that were trying to ruffle the feathers. And I did have massive resentment towards them. And I just worked on about six months after that fact, I got with my business coach and he helped me work through a whole forgiveness process where I Mm. wrote letters to each of them and expressed gratitude and just said like, I'm so thankful because if they wouldn't have done that, I probably would have been dibbly dabbling still like, Mm. but I needed that fire to be like, Oh, watch me, you know? And cause that was my personality. And so I'm really grateful for that experience, but yeah, I was mad for a while. Mm. Hey, we're going to take a quick break from this episode to invite you to join myself and my son Brock in our most recent endeavor. It is all about Instagram. So I know many of you have been interested in getting coaching or joining one of my programs, but it just hasn't been the right time. You didn't know if your business was at the right stage, or maybe you just couldn't afford it. Well, we've created a program that's super affordable, and it's very niche down. It is specifically for those of you who need accountability and coaching when it comes to your Instagram. We're not talking Facebook. We're not talking Pinterest. We're not talking email lists. We're not talking about conversions. This is exclusively for those of you who need to grow your Instagram. It is five days of live coaching. And of course, if you cannot show up live, you'll get the replays. It's really cool. It's like the fundamentals. It's the very basics. It's the things that you probably think you're doing and you're probably not. And it's the reason why your Instagram has slowed to a crawl. Listen, here's how you know if you need to do this or not. Is your Instagram doing much better today than it was six months ago? If the answer is no, then head on over to 5daygrowth.com. I mean, literally under 30 bucks. If you don't understand the value of investing back into your business, I cannot help you. And you don't need this if you're already crushing it on Instagram. But if you're not, we're here to help. 5daygrowth.com. All right, back to the show. Knowing What I do know about network marketing and the level of achievement that you were able to create within Mm -hmm. that organization, I have to imagine for you to think like, gosh, if I'm spending mm, 80% of my time trying to build my own thing, if I was spending all of that time and money and energy working on my network marketing, I could be making so much more, so much faster. So how do you grapple with that decision about, you know, time and how it results in your return on investment. Right. Actually, I did a whole podcast on this because I am so thankful for my time in network marketing, because like you said, I got the skills. Like if I would have just went straight into mommy millionaire, first of all, I wouldn't be named mommy millionaire and I probably wouldn't know what I was doing, Yeah, but you know what I mean? So I'm so thankful for those skills, but when it came down to it, I Oh my gosh, I just had a train of thought, lost a train of thought. Um, <laughs> my, my question was, you know, the, the lure would be to continue spending all that time and money uh, on yes. network marketing. Just it's money. I mean, the lure is obviously it's for a lot of people. They're like, oh, I want to do it, but I can make so much more money if I focus on my network marketing versus trying to build something from scratch. It's harder. Right. Okay. So that's what I looked at. If I were to give a hundred percent of my creative effort and live in my zone of genius, which is coaching people that actually want it, that actually truly want it. And they're investing in themselves and going to do something with the coaching I give them. What does that look like for the world? I am going to have more impact. And also 
if I get the right team around me, I'm going to be able to make way more money than putting in time with people that kind of sort of want a network marketing business and maybe one or two of them get the results that they Mm. actually dream about, you know? And so that's what it looked like for me is like, okay, if I get the right team and I get the right customers, we'll be able to have more impact and I will be able to make more money in less time than it took me to do network marketing. Cause you know, when I first started my network marketing business, not first, I mean, for six years of it, I was traveling all over the place. Mm, How come? Because I just felt like in-home parties were the best thing to do. Mm. And they really were for my team. That's how we grew. Like we would just do fun sleepovers and we would do like vision casting. We do vision boards together. And, you know, I used to have at my house, bring over your kids and, you know, I'd hire a babysitter and we get like a bunch of work done and we'd have like swim days. And we just like, it was always like Kayla in person doing something, lighting that fire in people. Mm. But if I look back at that, it was like a lot of work and usually one or two people would have success, Mm. but people loved the community. They're like, Oh, I love hanging out with you. But like, nobody was actually like taking action. (laughs) Frustrating. Yeah. And so I just felt like this is the most life-giving thing I can do. And something that's life-giving will always pay off, you know, rather than something that is sucking the life out of me. Is it fair to summarize then that your decision was made not based on the financial impact, but the kind of legacy impact that you could make on women's lives and also your own life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm making more money than I ever did in network marketing annually. Million dollar question. Would you still be doing mommy millionaire if it were making you say 50% less than your network marketing, but making a bigger impact? Yes. Okay. Yes. I would 100%. Like I might not be doing all of the courses and all the things that I'm doing now, but sure. I would still be coaching and doing my podcast 100%. Even if it made me $0, I would be doing it. I love it so much. Okay. Thank you for that kind of the backstory. So we know that you, <laughs> as I always mention inside to our students in Marketing Impact Academy, is like, don't create this big thing until you really have spent some time like working in the trenches and figuring out what people want. And mm-hmm. your customers are going to tell you what they need first, how much they want to pay for it. And you're kind of creating that customer journey. So I love that that's what you did. You went back to the trenches, worked one-on-one with people, got a real sense of what it is people needed, where their struggle, who it was you were working with, what their pain points were, what they're willing to pay, what currently is kind of your entry-level point for those who are coming into this business. Yeah. So I have a membership program called the Millionaire Society. And so that's just a community of women that pay a very low fee every single month or low investment every single month. Uh And I do live coaching in there twice. And then I also have mommy millionaire coaches that have gone through my certification process and coached with me. They'll go in there and do different trainings twice a month as well. And then they have a library of self-coaching videos that they can watch to learn how to start to coach themselves through business and creating that millionaire mindset. So that's the low entry. Yeah. Your low cost community, can you share with us what is the price point on that? $49 a month. Okay. That's $49 a month. And is it in a membership site or on Facebook? Yeah. It's in Kajabi. Okay. Everything is hosted in Kajabi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love Kajabi. And is that where your community community on Kajabi or is your community on Facebook for that? I love Kajabi. I learned about them from you. (laughs) Is your community on Kajabi or is your community on Facebook for that? Facebook has it. We do have a Facebook community. Which is most active? All the meat is in Kajabi. Love it. Yeah. Okay, great. And so 
you've got this community and you also have developed your own curriculum to train people in your methodology so that it's not just you because you've got to scale at some point, which you learned from doing network marketing. You know, you need something that you can replicate. And so you've trained other, I assume, women. Yes, all women. <laughs> on your system of coaching. How did you develop that system? How do you teach people how to be you? Right. So what I've always done with all of my coaching calls is I always record them. And I always say, you know, they're just for my training purposes to watch back. And I always saw a theme of where we started and where we ended with a client because I never do one-offs. Like I don't do that. You have to work with me for at least six to 12 months because I'm all about like the progression. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I watched it and I'm like, okay, here's what I do. And here are the methods I use. And then I teamed up with one of my best friends who's a psychotherapist and she brought in the science of it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to teach all the science of the brain. I love it because I learned all of that in my nursing days. So I know all of it, but I want you to teach that part of it. And I brought in the strategy and all the, like just the, I call it the meow methodology. So that's Mm -hmm. the mommy millionaire coaching method. Got it. Love (laughs) it. And I assume that in order for someone to become a coach, one of your coaches, Mm -hmm. they have to first be a client. Is that accurate? No. So they have to go through the certification process, which is three to six months, depending on which investment package you go in on. But it ends with a three-day certification in person with myself and Dr. Jen, which you would love her. She's amazing. And it's kind of almost like a group interview. Like we don't hire all of the coaches. Some of them Smart. can go off mm-hmm. and they can build their own coaching business. Yeah. But the ones that I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to come under the wing of Mommy Millionaire. We bring them on. And it's been so amazing. But I do have the help of Dr. Jen. She's been a psychotherapist for 15 years. And I love what she brings to the group. How many coaches do you have currently under you? I only have five coaches that work for me. In 2020, we're going to certify almost 100 coaches total. Got you. And is the goal of that 100 that you'll find a certain number who are ideal for your team? I don't have a number on that. And mm-hmm. It's because I don't want to be like, you know, stuck to a number. But sure. yeah, I have, I should. <laughs> no, I get that. I understand that because you're right. Then if you're like, well, I've got to, I'd like to have 20 then you're going to accept that 19th and 20th person, even though they don't really meet your qualifications. Yeah. We tend to do that. I get it. Okay. So you begin to make this transition. When and how do you start to shift your energy and attention so that the majority of your time is focused here? On the mommy mommy millionaire. millionaire? Mm -hmm. Okay. So after I started the podcast, that's when I decided I was kind of still trying to be there for my team, you know, and host these team calls, but people were like not showing up. It was almost like they could feel energetically that I had already Mm. like said bye and they stopped showing up. I'm like, people are paying me a lot of money to like talk to them. Like what, where is everybody at? You know? And that was where I gave myself permission. I said, you know what? Like, why am I doing this? It was because I felt like I should, like I owed something to to them. And I had to, again, write my, I almost did like a funeral for it and write a letter to the company. And I said, thank you so much. I love, here are all of the things that you've done for me. I'm like eternally grateful for my experience here, but I'm moving on. And so that's what I did. I didn't send the letter. I know everybody's saying, did she send the letter? Oh, you didn't send the letter. Didn't send the letter. I wrote the letter. 
Okay, good. I'm glad you said that because I was like, wow, I don't know that you needed to do that. I mean, like my advice would have been like when in your mind you realize like, I don't really need to hang out with that person anymore. Like I I don't need to tell them that. Like I can just like make a mental note. Like I'm probably not going to be available the next time they call. But I do love the fact that for you, it was a process. It was like writing that letter was probably very cathartic and it signified for you like permission to almost like grieve, let go, be grateful and permission to move on. So just to be very clear, you didn't make like a big announcement, like, you know, Instagram posts, like, Hey guys, I'm moving on. It's all about mommy millionaire, but not necessary, not necessary. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I love it. This is really cool. And that's part of the, why you're so good at mindset. Cause I'm sure that really helped you with your mindset to let go. 100%. And I, I mean, I have clients do this all the time. I mean, writing is very cathartic. It's therapy. And, you know, I tell people you can burn the letter, you can bury the letter. It doesn't always have to be said. It's more of a physical act and an anchoring for you to let yeah. it go. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about mindset. <laughs> Make this transition. And I know how these organizations are. They can be really click, especially when you're successful. Everybody is watching your every single move and they're analyzing it, talking about it and theorizing and there's plenty of gossip and you got to take the good with the bad. You're known. Therefore, people want to talk about what you're up to. So right. certainly you're hearing, I assume, through the grapevine that people have noticed that you're not whatever, showing up on trips or as involved with your downline, et cetera. And she's doing her own thing. How did you either block that out? Did you pay attention to it? Did you address it? How'd you avoid letting it get to you? Mm-hmm. So- Again, this is where it's so important to be mission driven. That's when I created my mission to help 1 million women make a million dollars or more a year. Like when you say that, it's so big. And I hope I achieve it in this lifetime. But I just became so impact driven. Like, okay, if is me entertaining these types of conversations helping the mission or is it hurting the mission? It's mm-hmm. hurting it. And so I need to hang out with people that are going to entertain my mission. And so I hung out with my customers more, checked in on them more. I mean, they got the best of me in that beginning, you know, stage where I'm just like, what else can I do for you? How else can I help you? You know, going and commenting on all their stuff on social media. So I like put all of my energy into that. And at the same time, I decided to move locations. I moved from Bakersfield to Newport Beach. Okay. And it was kind of just like starting at a clean slate and like just reinventing my my whole life. And I met a lot of great friends here in Newport and, you know, got into a Bible study and just really immersed myself in love and happiness and joy and faith. And mm-hmm. even though I saw those things and I'd have my moments, I was immersing myself in this new life, in this new beauty. Can you give us some specifics on yeah. what recommendations like I know what I do specifically when there are things, if I see them, it's going to deter me. It's going to, you know, impact my energy, my vibe. Did you set up any specific policies or rules for yourself? Like, okay, I'm unfollowing this, or I'm, I'm not going into this. Or if someone tries to talk to me about this, I'm going to say, this is going to be my response. Like, did you have any policies and rules that helped you to protect your energy? Yep. I unfollowed everybody that did not inspire me, mm. period. And just gave zero apologies for it. Like Mm -hmm. I had to do that for my mental health. And I also had a conversation with three of my top leaders on my team. And I decided that those were going to be the people that were going to have access to me going forward because they were the light givers. 
they were very faith-based and I knew that like they were very impact focused too. And so they weren't going to get caught up in the weeds. And so I just had a conversation with all three of them and just said, you know, like I'm taking myself out of all the Facebook groups. I won't be at any of the events and, you know, explained with them why, like, I want to spend more time with my kids. I don't want to travel away from them. I really want to focus on this new thing I'm creating because it's going to help a lot of people. And I hope one day, if you ever have that dream that you would come to me and I can help you with that. And I just said, you know, people come to me to want to enroll. I'm going to send them to you. And they're like, yay. They were all excited. Like, woohoo, we're going to get enrollments. And that's what I do. If people come to me, I send them to those amazing women. And I just basically told them my door's open to you three, basically. And those were the boundaries I set. And I just stopped responding to people. I don't respond to emails. And now my assistant, she, I don't even, I don't even see it. She just clears things out. Yeah. Did you have a fear, however, that that would dramatically impact your earnings within the network marketing? Or did you just anticipate that? And you were like, well, I'll let one cancel out the other. What were your thoughts there? Well, from day one with starting Mommy Millionaire, I wanted to build it like this was going to be my main stream of income. And I called the company that my network marketing fund, my fund money. Mm. And even though it was, it was like, you know, at a that time fun. it was like 70,000 a month, you know, it was like really fun money. <laughs> wow. But that was my goal. I was like, I want to get mommy millionaire to that point to where this is my fun money. So I don't yeah. like need it. And I also like gave myself like, okay, it's my fun money and my investment money. So how are we going to create multiple streams of income to where it could go to $0 and it's going to completely be okay. It's not something I live on. And so I have done that and I'm really, really like thankful that I've been able to do that. So that was the fear there is like, of course it could go away at any second of the day, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to put all of this energy into mommy millionaire and we're going to be fine. I love this. You've done a great job of answering all of the, you know, very specific questions that so many people in my audience have about making this transition themselves. I think that it will feel far less scary to realize Mm -hmm. like it just, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. You don't have to turn your back. You don't have to walk away from, you don't have to quit. You don't have to send that resignation letter. You don't have to (laughs) announce it on, on Instagram. There doesn't have to be a confrontation. It can just be the evolution of what you feel God's purpose is for you Mm -hmm. in this world. Kayla, is there anything you wish, like if you had a magic wand or if you could help one person who is thinking about doing this themselves that might help them to get there a little quicker or for it to be not so painful? Oh gosh. Is there just one thing? (laughs) (laughs) A hundred things. Yeah. I think the most important thing is to get very quiet. And this was something I used to resist a ton because I'm like, what? I'm just, I need to do, 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 do. And if you were to get really, really quiet and pray that you would be divinely guided, that God would show you the steps and that your path is going to look very different than your neighbors. It's going to look very different than your upline. And that's okay because you're divinely protected and guided. And when you get quiet and listen to God, your path is always going to be paved. So I think that's the biggest thing that I would want somebody to take away from this is that you could listen to this podcast. You could say, oh, Kayla did it this way. I should do it this way too. No, like you need to learn how to do it your way because God was always going to be giving you the downloads if you trust and just surrender Mm. to that. Awesome. Where can people learn more about how to adopt the mommy millionaire mindset? Well, I think just listening to the mommy millionaire podcast, (laughs) you know, I just had you on there. 
I think that's the best way to get amazing information into your ears and get some soul food for yourself. But I have mommymillionaire.co and then you can find me on Instagram. It's Kayla.craft, Kayla with a C. And, you know, I try to post amazing, fun stuff on there. (laughs) Well, we will link to all of those places in our show notes. Thank you so much for sharing that journey. I don't know that you've maybe had the opportunity or or been asked the specific questions, but I can tell you that this is going to help a lot of people, you know, because I always say what you're doing right now, you might be doing something that has a through line 10 years from now, but it'll probably look different. And it's so helpful when there are people like yourself who've been down that path who are saying, let me tell you what I did wrong. Let me tell you, it's not that bad and you can do it too. Yes. Well, Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk to your audience. And I just have to you know, tell you how much I am just like so grateful for the information you've put out and the uh-huh. free content you put out for years and Marketing Impact Academy, because I truly believe that that was part of my path to getting here and helping a lot of people. So I'm wow. super thankful. Well, I'm, just to be any small part of that is seriously an honor and a blessing. So thank you for that, Kayla. You're awesome. <laughs> we live nearby each other. I don't know why we're not doing this podcast in person. We have to go to lunch and get coffee or do a workout or something. We need to go jump in the ocean together. I don't do oceans. All of me melts away. All of this is water soluble and I don't look nearly as cute wet. So I do lakes, but I don't do sand. Like, will you go on the sand? Sure. I'll do the sand. Of course. Okay. You have to come do booty yoga with me on the beach. Okay. I'll do that. Can I do a a pio version for you? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. (laughs) Kayla, thank you so much. You're just a gem. Love talking to you. And we hope to have you back on the show soon. Yay. Thanks. All right, girl. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much.